Hello. 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 Welcome to the Bears, Birds, and Brews podcast. <laughs> this is a show about the Chicago Bears, the Atlanta Falcons, and beer. My name is Asif Lakani. My co-host is... Nabil Alani. Our producer is... Nader Wazir. Welcome back, Nader. Been a while. And today we have a very, very special guest in the studio with us. Super excited about this. Um, sir, tell everybody what your name is. Uh, John Michaels. You can follow me on Twitter at John Michaels 929 You may recognize the voice. Uh, Long time Atlanta Falcons sideline reporter. Worked at 92.9, worked at 790 The Zone, the now defunct great 790 The Zone that's been gone for a few years. Uh, Miami native, but 20 years here in Atlanta now. Nice. Nice. Uh, would you consider nice. yourself a transplant? Um, I'm a resident now. I, I think I'm past the – transplant is when you're here for like four or five years and you're still trying to find your way around here. I've lived in Atlanta now as long as I lived in South Florida. I lived in South Florida, give or take, 21 years. Okay. I've been in Atlanta 20, and then I spent a couple of years away for college. So I'm an Atlantan. I'm just not a Grady baby, as they like to say. There you go. Yeah, those are the ones that show off and brag about, oh, I'm really from Atlanta. <laughs> and uh, for the record, I don't think we've ever discussed this on the show, but all three of us were born in Chicago. Yeah. This is why really? Chicago yeah. and okay. Atlanta We're all podcast. from Chicago. I uh, raised in Atlanta, but yeah. Well, hence, hence the Cubs hat yeah. over here. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. And the Bulls jersey. I mean, it kind of gives it away. <laughs> I, I mean, got, we heard you were wearing a Miami shirt, so we had to, you know, fight fire with fire. Yeah, yeah well, you know. Well, here's the thing. I'm actually allowed to wear the Miami shirt here. That was one of my uh, funny points of contention where I used to work. We weren't allowed to wear uh, a tire that was non-Georgia. So, you know, Bell, Bell's a big Florida State fan. Wasn't really allowed to wear Florida State stuff. Hugh got in trouble for wearing Eagles stuff. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to wear Miami stuff. Carl couldn't wear Texas stuff. And I have a problem with that because, like, 87% of my closet is Miami T-shirts or hats <laughs> or something like that. So I'm like, well, you're going to see these same four polos and uh, the station attire that you've given to us. So it does feel good to put on my Miami gear again. Did you have nice. to cover your Heat tattoo? No, no. No. That was Which, you could rep that. <laughs> the only time I'd have to cover it, and we did a lot of stuff with the Hawks, obviously. Yeah. And they'd always have us with these video promos. So Rick and I would have to do the video promo and they, we'd go meet with the Hawks. And I know all of them uh over there working in this market forever. And I'd always have to position because they'd want us to wear a short sleeve shirt. I'd have to position my body to the left <laughs> where the Miami Heat tattoo didn't show up. So that was that was the only time I had to cover that. Yeah. You know, sales would look at me and go, Really? I go, Yeah, you want me to roll it up? I've got championships here. <laughs> I've got Sean Taylor here. Whatever you want, I've got all of that stuff. Nice. You know what? Respect for the Sean Taylor tattoo. I think he would have been the greatest safety of all time if he didn't you know, pass away. Yeah. I don't know if he'd be greatest because there's another guy from Miami, Ed Reed, that uh, I think is the greatest. But well, Sean brought a different skill set. Right. Like, but Sean Taylor was like Erlacher backwards. Mm -hmm. Erlacher went from safety to um, linebacker, but Sean Taylor was the same size, same speed, but he was still a strong safety that should have been a free safety. Well, he was a free safety. I thought he, he moved to strong. He once. played some strong in yeah. the NFL, but he was better suited. The year that he died, unfortunately, they had moved him to free safety, and he really started to hit his stride. The crazy thing, if you go back and watch the U Part 2, or Najee Davenport actually has something called the U Reloaded, which was kind of a, a spinoff of the U, or it's the same idea. Sean was recruited originally as a running back. That's where he, he was an oh, all-state wow. running back Jeez. in high school um, at Gulliver Prep High School in Miami. Ran for like 2,500 yards, something ridiculous. But the, And Clinton Portis, Frank Gore, Najee Davenport, all these guys are on the team at the same time. And they, they look and go, 
Portis goes, this dude's coming in to play running back? <laughs> and Randy Shannon, who was the D.C. at the time, goes, no, no, he's coming in to play safety. <laughs> and Portis was like, thank goodness. But, uh, the dude was unbelievable. I mean, he he is – he's not my favorite Miami player. He's the one that it hurts me more than anyone to talk about. Anytime that NFL player life comes on, on Sean Taylor, Arch has laughed at me. We were at a bar in New York City, and that thing comes – and I'm in tears because oh, Sean's man. my dude, so – that's why I've got him tattooed on. Yeah, rest in peace. Fair enough. Nice. Um, pretty dope tattoo yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, you got a lot of great ink. <laughs> uh, Am I allowed to sure. give shout outs to a great tattoo spot here? Go, yeah. Go for yeah. it. Killer Ink Tattoo in Buford. If you, ever, if you guys want great work done and they're not going to charge you midtown prices, okay. Killer Ink in Buford, my artist is a guy named Ben. Ben does most of my stuff. But anybody in that shop, Jay Adams, who used to work for the Falcons, mm-hmm. turned me on to this shop. It's about a two-month waiting list to get in there. Oh, wow. That's how good they are. Dang. Wow. Yeah, thank, so, thanks for the info. Now. Yeah. All right, planning my tattoo now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he positioned himself to the right. Just to be like, I have tattoos as well. I there got you tattoos. go. Yeah. <laughs> Flexing, weird flex right now. <laughs> He's a champ. He's a champ, as we found out this weekend. Uh, um, um, real quick, so normally we talk about what we're drinking first. And so today's episode, uh, we're doing cider instead of beer mm-hmm. uh, as a request of our guest. And this is... Uh, a honeybee craft cider from Atlanta Hard Cider Company. Um, it's made with organic honey, and I'm sure it's probably all local too. And uh, yeah, this I like this a lot. It's yeah, this sweet good. and smooth, like it says. Um, I went with the honey. There's pomegranate and apple and wow, like uh, some other rosé one. But huh. I figured this is. I'm kind of happy you go got with. apple because I can do um, Goodwill hunting right now and be like, "Do you like apples? <laughs> How about them apples? How about them apples?" <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent movie. Uh, nice. All right, so it's also a really cool can. Yeah. Just sorry, it's and it is really apple. Such a dope it's can. Like, it's like a crisp apple. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is really good. So fortunately, we've got a couple more cans, and we've got a lot to talk about. So this would be great. <laughs> um, we'll just start at the top. Yeah. All right. So, um, so hey, AD got traded. What do you think? I think it's a win-win for both teams, and, and mm-hmm. I know that's really weird to say. I know there's analysts that'll be on either side of this. I look at it from this equation: the Lakers are in the business of one thing. When you trade for LeBron James, you're trying to win an NBA championship. And as they were constructed last year, they stunk. They didn't make the playoffs. LeBron was hurt. The young guys didn't mesh. You bring Anthony Davis over, what immediately is going to happen now is all the veterans around the league that are ring chasing, a la Mike Miller or David West or any of these guys that have followed LeBron along, they're going to go to L.A. and they're going to play for cheap. The Western Conference is in flux. Golden State's got no no Kevin Durant next year, probably no Klay Thompson for the entire year. I don't trust Denver as far as I can throw them. Nobody else in that conference do I think is a real championship contender. So the Lakers are now in the championship business. They'll probably add a third piece. Kemba Walker, maybe Kyrie Irving, maybe Jimmy Butler, who knows. They'll get somebody in there. For the Pelicans, you look at, even with Anthony Davis, they were a non-playoff team. Yeah. And they weren't getting any better. Drew Holiday takes up a big portion of the cap. Anthony Davis didn't want to be there. Now you get Zion. You trade with Atlanta, and I don't even remember who they picked now at this point, but you get a bevy of picks. You get all of these young guys in there. The Pelicans are going to be must-watch basketball right now, and three or four years from now, if half of these dudes pan out, they're going to be at the top of the Western Conference. And I think um, Pelicans got with the second pick from Atlanta, the seventh pick, I believe, um, that center from Texas. Oh, Jackson Hayes. That's who it is. Exactly. that's who they got. But you add, you know, you got Lonzo Ball. Can't shoot, but he's a really good point guard. Holiday's going to be your score. 
Zion's your your ticket broker. He's right. your guy that everybody's oh, going to yeah. show up to, to watch. Um, they didn't get Kuzma, but you get Brandon Ingram, who was what the second or third pick of the draft a couple of years ago. Really, the second. Yeah, you yeah. you yeah, got second. guys uh, that are going to be exciting. Now, will they make the playoffs this year? Probably not. In two years, though, you better watch out because players are going to look and go. All these guys are making low money. I can go there and get a max deal, and I'm going to play with a star in Zion Williamson. So I liked it for both teams. And they have like a bunch of first round picks, right. like. Just to rack up new talent every year. Yeah. So, and I'm I'm hoping Brandon Ingram actually like develops there better. I think Lakers may have been like too big of a spotlight for him because he came in with that KD. Well, he's supposed to be the next KD. Where that's hard to be the next KD. Like that's a no one's that athletic. Even though Ingram is very athletic, like just having to fill that shoe, you're going to be this. He's also a dude that came out at 18 or 19 years mm-hmm. old. I mean. We we tend to forget this now with the one and done and what's going to be the high school rule coming back in two years. These are kids. These are guys that were playing at LA Fitness with their buddies like three months ago, and now all of a sudden yeah. you're in the NBA. And LeBron expects greatness. LeBron doesn't care if you're Mario Chalmers or you're Damon Jones or I'm trying to Matthew Delavadova, some of the other bums that he's played with in Cleveland. <laughs> he expects them to work as hard as he does and be as good as he does. And for people like Brandon Ingram, it didn't work. Kyle Kuzma, you're going to get another chance. Lonzo Ball, him and his dad in that clown show, they never had a chance to work out with LeBron. So it's a fresh start for everybody. I think Ingram will develop. I think Lonzo Ball will have much freer reign there. Those guys don't have pressure anymore. They have pressure to go out and just have fun in a city that, let's be real, New Orleans, all they want to do is party and drink and – They'll watch basketball because it's there. Right. Yeah. And the superstar. Yeah. And the superstar is at their level. Mm -hmm. It's not some like aged veteran who, you know, knows the game inside out. They're all like learning and developing together. And Zion, no matter how much Zion wanted to win a national title, he has no pressure this year. If they win 25 games and he gets you 20 and 10, he's had a successful year. Yeah. To your point, it's spot on. These guys now know we can grow together. We can become good together, and a few years from now, maybe that's all going to pay off. Nice, I dig it. I totally dig it. Yeah, I hope so. Um, did you watch the NBA awards? No, I'm not an award show. No, neither. I mean, well, I didn't watch, but I saw one highlight, which was hilarious. So Hassan Minaj was the host of it. I saw that. Talking yeah. about James Harden. Not even that. So he was like, "I'm not Shams Charania. No one's getting traded." I thought that was the funniest <laughs> thing. Well, for, it, for me, the line was, I'm looking for James Harden, but much like the playoffs, he's, yeah, not, he's here. not here. He's nowhere to be found. So that was that was the mic drop moment. And that's a perfect segue into the question I, asked, I wanted to ask you. So Houston, Giannis won MVP, mm-hmm. as he probably should have, right? I yeah. think we can all agree with that. Uh, Houston was pretty salty about that on Twitter. I don't know if you saw, but they responded with a whole <laughs> bunch of stats. just wanted to get y'all's take on like how – you, how you guys think the team handled that situation or the social media coordinator handled that situation? I have no problem with the social media coordinator being salty because guess what? You're bringing traffic for your fans. Yeah. You know, we talk trash about the Saints all we want. I can't stand anybody in that organization. But when they wanted to trash talk the Falcons, they did it because their fans love it. Rockets fans obviously love the fact that the organization is sticking up for James Harden. Yeah. My problem is Houston won 12 less games than they did a year ago, 11 or 12 less than they did a year ago. Milwaukee won 12 more games than they did a year ago, and it was on the back of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Harden had a great scoring year. Did he make anybody around him better? Capella's stats went down. Chris Paul's getting old. Uh, P.J. Tucker and, and the rest of Eric Gordon, those guys are just guys. Harden doesn't make any of them better. Giannis brought a group. Name me three other bucks 
I know Nicola. Got Brog. Well, you don't Nicola because of the Bulls, so that yeah. doesn't count. You got Brogdon. But he's still there. Brogdon's Brogdon. really Brogdon's good. Still. Middleton. Middleton. Is Bledsoe still there? Middleton. Bledsoe's Bledsoe still there. And, but, and they got one of the Gasol brothers in the middle of the year. One of the flying Gasol Powell brothers. Gasol. <laughs> yeah, Powell plays for them? Powell plays for them, yeah. I think he got he got let go. Who did he get let go by? Wasn't he for the... No, he was on the Rockets, wasn't he? No, I thought he was on the Spurs. Last Spurs. I remember, he was, yeah, on, the he was Spurs. on the Spurs. Yeah, you know where this guy's all brother is. But there's yeah. my point right yeah. there. Giannis drug that group to a 2-0 lead in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, yeah, he was the MVP. And I think had they done the MVP announcement during a playoff game like they normally done mm-hmm. or do or did, uh, it probably would have helped Milwaukee win that series because it came down to that crazy shot yeah. in game, game seven. And when you have that much momentum at the start of a game for your home fans. I, I think it makes a huge difference in terms of how the series ends up, but that's all done and over with now. And what's also done and over with is Trey Young didn't win Rookie of the Year. Did not. But he only and he only got two votes. And I think while a lot of people could argue Luca winning Rookie of the Year was justified, two votes for Trey Young I don't think is enough. And uh, hopefully y'all agree with that. I don't know. <laughs> Here's the problem: Luca had won the award in December, and much yeah. like the Heisman Trophy, I know Kamla and I used to argue about this all the time. Lamar Jackson won the Heisman Trophy in September, and by the time November rolled around, nobody cared or nobody was looking to vote. By the time Trey really kicked into gear in January, and he had an unbelievable January through April, voters had already had their predisclosed notion that, hey, it's going to be Luka. But the fact that he only got two first-place votes and there was one jack wagon that didn't even have him in his top three or four, that guy should have his vote stripped from him. (laughs) Like, how the hell do you not vote? What NBA are you watching where I think he had Jaron Jackson Jr. above Trey Young. He had DeAndre Ayton above Trey Young. None of those guys had the run that Trey Young did. No. The Hawks, you know what? You won the trade because now you got DeAndre Hunter, and it actually turns out it's Cam New or yeah. Cam Reddish, Cam excuse Reddish. me, yeah. and Trey Young. But you won the trade against Dallas. Yeah, Trey Young is a star in this league, and this is just more motivation for him. And I got a chance to talk to Trey multiple times. Great kid. Yeah, unbelievably good kid. And all he wants to do is play ball. He wants to hoop, and I guarantee he'll use that as motivation. Yeah. Well, he also had a really nice, classy response on Twitter, giving him a shout-out credit, you know, unlike the Rockets. So, got to give him props <laughs> for that. Yeah. Handled <laughs> it well. Yeah. And it was funny that you talked about New Orleans having all these draft picks <clears throat> and having a bright future with its core and then having a spot for two max guys in a couple of years and who's, who can go there to shine as far as superstar goes. Atlanta's in that same position now. We know that. Officially, now the draft is over. Uh, so, I mean, what do y'all think about the Hawks draft? And, John, I mean, what stands out to you about – you said we won the trade. What makes you think that? Well, first of all, Cam Reddish, if he comes straight out of high school, he's picked second or third. Mm-hmm. He, he was that good. I think he got lost at Duke. And there were a lot of times I didn't like his game. I was pretty critical of him on the game uh, about some of his game. I think he got lost. He was a guy that floated a lot of times. R.J. Barrett was so ball-dominant. Uh, Zion was ball-dominant. Yeah. I, I think Reddish got lost. Reddish has an unbelievable skill set. Unlike Zion and unlike Barrett, he walks in here and he's the third banana, maybe. Because yeah. Collins is two and Trey's number one as of right now. I like what Schlenk's done as far as acquiring assets and then using them to group together and get the asset that he wants. DeAndre Hunter was the guy that he wants. Mm -hmm. This is a guy that was the star of the national championship game for Virginia. Hit all the shots, played the best defense. The Hawks sucked on defense a year ago. I could (laughs) have scored 10 points if I didn't blow out an Achilles against the Hawks a year ago. (laughs) 
they needed a defensive stopper, and DeAndre Hunter immediately will come in. And he's going to be a three and D guy. He can shoot a jump shot. He's got he's got good creativity. But I like what they did. You took all of those eight, what six, seven, eight picks, and you packaged them down to the three players that you wanted. And you made a trade. You get Kent Bazemore out of here. You bring in Evan Turner, which whatever he's a one year guy. You go get Alan Crabb. He's a one year guy. These guys' uh, money's going to come off the book a year from now. You're going to have like fifty million dollars in cap space to put around John Collins. Uh, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, Trey Young. You think a veteran doesn't want to look at this scenario and go, that's a place I want to be. Yeah. I just like that they picked a lane and they stuck with it. Mm -hmm. Because I see the Bulls do this every year where they take half a lane and they pivot and come back and come back. And then you're just stuck in the middle and you don't go anywhere. Um, You know, the Bulls traded Jimmy Butler, got young assets and marketing, Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and then immediately sold their second round pick. To get money. Yeah. And it gives you a weird notion to the fans. But Atlanta actually picked the lane. They got assets. And they took young athletic people who have high ceilings. Cam Reddish, yeah, you're right. He was stuck behind Zion. And Zion came late. He mm-hmm. was a late recruit. Which is, Cam Reddish probably wouldn't, wouldn't even have gone there if Zion didn't come. If he came at the right time. The thing with that, and I like what you said about staying in their lane. When the Hawks had the 60-win team... Mm-hmm. Four years ago now, five years ago. Oh, you gotta you gotta pay max money to Al Horford and max money to Paul Millsap. Yeah. And I argue, Rick and I, one of our biggest arguments was who deserves max money in the NBA. Yeah. And neither one of those guys were max guys. Yeah. And when the Hawks and, and I know Horford wanted to stay here and it didn't work out, and the Hawks tried to lowball him a little bit. When that happened, it actually helped the Hawks. You're in the malaise of, yeah, we're good enough to be a playoff team, but they were never beating Cleveland no. and they weren't beating Miami when they were really good. You were stuck behind LeBron. And had they kept that team together even this year with LeBron being gone, they wouldn't have been good enough to make it to the NBA Finals. So you had to start over. Mm -hmm. The worst place in the NBA is to be from like seed four through the the teams that are just out of the lottery. You know, Miami was just out of the lottery. I think uh, Charlotte was just out of the lottery. Those are the teams you don't want to be because you're never going to get the premier guy at the top of the draft. And you're probably not getting a lot of free agents to come in there because you're stuck with bad contracts. So Schlank and company, when they decided we're going to blow this thing up, they did it the right way. It is awesome to see being at a Hawks game now is something that you want to go to. Think about some of the years in the past. Even with that 60-win team, it's like, do I really want to go watch Kyle Korver and Kent (laughs) Bazemore and... Yeah, um, you, were, you were going for whoever they were playing sure. against rather than going for the Hawks. And did any did any awesome. of the three of you really think when they got to the Eastern Conference Finals that year they had any chance of beating Cleveland? No. Maybe in a game. <laughs> that's it. Uh, I mean, I was just so distraught that year. I think that was the same year Derrick Rose tore his ACL, so I just stopped watching No, the, the Derrick Rose ACL year was the year that Miami won their first title with LeBron. Because they had that? They had lost okay. the year previous in in the Eastern Finals four games to one. And then Chicago was the one seed. Miami was actually yep. the two seed. And then, yeah. lost and then, he, and then he tears his ACL in, yep. in the Philly series. Actually, I'm still bitter about that. I haven't watched basketball since. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. That's funny. Uh, let's talk more Atlanta sports then. So, I mean, what's – well, what's I say what's wrong with us in terms of, like, why can't we win? What's wrong with the fan base and – yeah, you know, all that. I mean, you can tackle it however you want. Yeah, you know. I think right now it's what's right with Atlanta sports. The Hawks are on an upswing. I think we could all agree the Hawks are going in the right direction. Are they yeah. going to win a title next year? Hell no. Yeah. Are they going to be in the playoffs? Maybe. Uh, I think they'll be a fringish playoff team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all you have all of that stuff. 
the Braves are running away with the NL East. Braves look good. They they look really good. Yeah. And and that's with a shitty bullpen, and that's with shoddy starting pitchers. So imagine when the trading deadline comes, if Anthopolis cures all of that, they actually could fight with the Dodgers. I think the Falcons are a playoff team. I think the Falcons are going to be a team that fights for the NFC Championship this upcoming year. So what's right with Atlanta sports is we actually have some good teams. What's wrong with the fan base is what they've been burned for basically their entire life existence. And now you sit here and you just wait for that other shoe to drop. And truthfully, Atlanta United won a title. It was awesome. We had the parade. It was great. And I'm not going to knock Atlanta United because I I do think they're right on the precipice of being – the MLS is right there with hockey as far as maybe being the fourth sport in the United States. Yeah. The problem is the perception is still – it's the MLS. Yeah. <laughs> we, they, they won a title. If the Falcons had won a Super Bowl, we'd still be partying three oh, yeah. years later. So I think what's right with Atlanta sports teams are good. Fans, and the other thing with the fans, you guys are all from Chicago and from Miami. How many people in Atlanta are really from Atlanta, diehard, born and bred Atlanta sports fans? That's true. Yeah, it's completely true. And you're 100% right that Atlanta will still be partying because uh, Bears are still, I mean, Chicago's still partying from 85. <laughs> As they should be. I mean, yeah. there, was a cel- there was an actual celebration last year because it was like the 20th anniversary or something. I'm not doing math right. Yeah, I was going to say regardless. that's way off. With There's some math. There's some number There's that some, should happen Some special right now. number. <laughs> it was either ends in a zero or a five. I'm right. not sure. Yeah, I think you're closer to 35 than 20. That makes sense. Because t- I'm trying to think. Yeah, 20 not, years ago. Eight, you know what? Let's do math. It was 86. It be like 2005, right? 20 yeah. years ago. I was just leaving 80, college. 85, 85 bears. Damn, I'm old. 186. Oh, well. I am um, old. Nice. So one thing that I've been trying to promote and I've been not doing that well at it, but I'm going to run it by you because you are better than me. So, hockey and MLS. You said they're even right now, right? In a lot of in a lot of places, yes. So, what if I told you in a hypothetical world that hockey started January 1st? Fine. And then hockey playoffs start right when NBA playoffs end. So that'd be going on right now, essentially. Right. Do you so, and it would last till probably August. It'll last right when the NFL Hall of Fame game starts. How amazing would that be? I think it would be better. Uh, the problem is, and I'm I am a casual at best hockey fan, so my my knowledge <laughs> of the actual game is not very good. Yeah, I'll watch when we get to the Stanley Cup playoffs. I'll look up and it's like August third. I'm like, why are they playing hockey already? Yeah. didn't the season just end like three right. weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. But I have the same problem with the MLS. Atlanta United won the cup in on December 10th, December 14th, and they were at training camp on like January 12th. That's yeah. crazy. It was ridiculous, and they were, and then they have all these cockamamie, the U.S. Open Cup and Champions League and Concacaf. They have too much, mm-hmm. and I think both of them, and I think the NBA could use this as well. They all need to tighten up the schedules. Right. Not make. I mean, the NBA playoffs is three months long. Are <laughs> right. you kidding me? They start in April and it doesn't end until June. Yeah. It's too long. And I think hockey has the same problem. The issue is hockey's TV deal has never worked out like right. it should. And it gets pushed to the side. And when we have all of these different avenues and things that we can watch, we turn the channel. So yeah. that's, that's the reason I'm saying that. There's nothing else to watch. Like right now, like I love baseball, but I only watch Cubs. Yeah, that- I, I'm sure you, you love baseball growing up, but I'm guessing you either watch the Braves or the Marlins. Uh, actually, no, I was a Yankees fan, so <laughs> don't right. hold that Talk against me. Talk about left field, man. <laughs> well, no, and it, there's a story behind it. The Marlins didn't exist when I grew up. They didn't come That's into true. existence until 1993. I graduated high school in 92. Okay. Oh, wow. So okay. 
Yankee spring training was in Fort Lauderdale. My favorite player was Don Mattingly. So gotcha. we used to go to spring training a lot, and I'd watch the Yankees. And back then, Florida is a transplant area for a lot of New Yorkers. Uh, we did have cable, and I'm sure you guys are way younger to remember the days of no cable. Cable was only for people that had a lot of money. Yeah, We didn't grow up with a lot of money. Yeah. So I had four channels I could watch. It was ABC, it was NBC, it was CBS, and we had a local Fo- what turned into a Fox channel. At the time, it was Channel 29. Tuesday nights, they had Yankee <laughs> baseball. Yeah. So that's what I did is I watched Yankee baseball all the time. That's how I became a Yankees fan. I mean, that's why there's a lot of Braves and Cubs fans everywhere. Exactly. WGN Super Network, and TBS Super Network. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> That's a cool yeah. story. That's awesome. Oh, and there's trust me on Twitter. Oh, of course you're a Yankee. You like the Canes and the Yankees. How convenient. I'm like, yes, because those two have so much in common. Right. <laughs> Other than they used to both win. A yeah. Lot. <laughs> uh, this, this is for great transitions because you know, we're going to talk about what you're probably really excited for, clearly, because you got the shirt on. It's Miami sports. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, is there anything you want to tackle first, or do we just you want us to throw stuff at you? Whatever. Throw, fire away. Um, all right, how good is Dan Marino, really? He's one of the three best quarter, three or four best quarterbacks that's ever played the game. And I don't think it's close. He gets overlooked because of what? He doesn't have a Super doesn't Bowl have a ring. Super Bowl, yeah. His defenses were god-awful. Uh, he never had a running game. I mean, never. In 20 years, he never had a running game. Yeah. I think his only 1,000-yard back was Bernie Parmalee or Mark Higgs. So let me ask you this question. In a modern NFL offense with a modern NFL offensive t- style coach, mm-hmm. how many yards would he throw for in a year? Because I have a number. 5,500. T- I had six. I had six. I don't know that he'd throw for six, but he'd be close. I mean, th- he threw 5,084 yards in 1984. That record didn't get broken until 2008, 2009, when Peyton Manning broke it, and then I think they, Brady broke it. And yeah. then Manning and, broke and then it he got again. crazy. Stafford broke it. So. Sure. But 5,000 yards was unheard of. That's insane. And Marino did all of that. And, you know, I was lucky enough to see him from day one in Miami until the day that he retired. And he's, I finally got to meet him for the first time on Radio Row. I stuck behind for three hours for him to come on Dukes and Bell, just waiting to meet Dan. And he was nice as can be. And I'm like, hi, Mr. Marino. I love you. I just want to shake your hand. And, why are you hugging him? Well, because I love him. I mean, that's my guy. It's my quarterback. It's for the show. Yeah. <laughs> so is the best sports movie of all time Ace Ventura Pet Detective then? Uh, no, I, I, didn't, I actually couldn't stand that movie. I thought it was stupid. But I like a lot of dumb movies. That wasn't that one. But that didn't Marino, make the cut. Marino, had he won the Super Bowl in 84, he's revered with Brady and Montana and Peyton Manning and all of those guys. He would be right there with all of them. That's what you'd be looking at with Dan Marino. Yeah. But unfortunately, they lost because their defense was terrible. They couldn't run the ball, and they couldn't outscore everybody. And Fair then enough. in 85, somehow, luckily, because I'm be kind of scared if um, we were playing you guys instead mm-hmm. of because you guys beat us the one game. So if in 85, it would have um, if New England didn't beat you guys, it would have been a completely different game. Now we'll never know. Yeah, the question is, how the hell did that New England team with Craig James, Steve Grogan, Tony Eason, I think Irving Fryer was, how did that team go to the Orange Bowl and not only win, they beat the crap out of the Dolphins yeah. that day. Yeah. yeah. And that obviously was the Dolphins team that stopped the Bears from going yeah. undefeated. <laughs> Which, the irony of football is, yeah. I think, one of the greatest things about the sport and so, just how many things happen that you don't – predict until it happens right right so um since i'm a huge bears fan i gotta ask you this question how <laughs> awesome was jay cutler in miami oh, 
he sucked. <laughs> Wait, he God. destroyed he destroyed the Patriots that one game. At least you were happy about that, right? Uh, no, I'll be honest. The Dolphins have been a team that working with the Falcons as long as I have, eight years on the sidelines, I've done pre and post game, even like two or three years before that. It was a. It was really tough for me to even watch Dolphin games because I'm yeah. on the road or I'm working, and by the time I get done, you know, I go watch some Dolphins highlights. Yeah, they've been so poorly run since Jimmy Johnson retired in 1999 and Dan Marino retired at the same time. They were so poorly run. It's hard to watch. Now I want them to do well. Um, still love them. I've got them tattooed on the back of my leg, which was always fun at Falcons camp. Everybody's looking like, the hell do you have on your leg? But. It's a whole different story. They're it's just a so poorly, device. They're just so poorly run that when they signed Jay Cutler, I said, this is the most Dolphins thing to do. <laughs> this guy sucked in Chicago. He was dreadful in Denver. <laughs> I've heard he's a royal jerk. The only thing he has going for him, Kristen Cavallari is pretty hot. Um, other than he wussed out of an NFC championship game. Whoa, oh, my God. No, like a, no, oh, no, he no, whipped no, out. No, he tore his MCL. Yeah, of course he did. And a week later, he was in Beverly Hills skipping along, going shopping. Maybe he was purse shopping. At that time, he's a puscator. He he. Miami fans were like, "We signed this bum." I went on my buddies. I got uh, buddies. I go on down there at five sixty QAM. Hawkman and Crowder down in Miami. So when, of course, the Dolphins signed them, and they had me on to talk Canes, but they'll ask me Dolphins. And what do you think of Jay Cutler? I said Jay Cutler sucks. I said Dolphin fans are going to hate him in two weeks. They're like, "Oh, he's going to be fine." Two weeks later, I text Hawkman. I was like, I told you, this dude's a bum. He's always going to be a bum. Cuddy does it. Cuddy, yeah. All right. And you called him out of retirement out of everything else. It's not even And he like... ended up $10 million. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. It's not even like you signed him off another team. Right. He just got cut. He was out of retirement. He, this guy called it quits, and you're like, oh, we'll take you. Come on. So this guy over here predicted a Josh Rosen trade to mm -hmm. Miami. Yeah. Now, when I see Josh Rosen, I see Jay Cutler at times. You tell me, bud. I actually like the trade because you took a guy that was a top 10 pick a year ago in a terrible situation. Oh, yeah. Arizona was the worst team in the NFL a year ago. Falcons mud-stomped the Cardinals. There, there was two guys on the Cardinals, maybe three. Uh, David Johnson's really Hurt. good. Larry Fitzgerald's really good. That That's kind of it. Yeah. So he, was, he had no chance. Well, now you go to Miami. It's a rebuild anyway, and the Dolphins gave up a second-round pick. I'm fine with it. I think the mm -hmm. kid will be okay. If he's not any good, guess what? They're going to be picking Tua next year, or the year after that they'll get Trevor Lawrence or Jake Fromm or somebody like that. Yeah. That's exciting. I uh, mean, for Dolphins fans, right. anyway. Yeah. yeah. I actually really like Josh Rosen, but I really like Jake Cutler as well, so what do I know? <laughs> that shows you have bad taste <laughs> in quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, I like Mitch Trubisky as well. I like Trubisky. I actually right, cool. won a bet with Kamla on Trubisky. Nice. So nice. before the year, he was like, Trubisky sucks. I said, look, year two. Different offense. I think the bet was 22 touchdowns and 3,000 or 35, which is very attainable numbers. Yeah. He missed on the yards only yeah. because he got hurt Two for games. a couple of games, but yeah. he passed the touchdowns. And Rick looked at me and goes, yeah, dude, you were right. Trubisky's yeah. pretty good. And they should have been into the next round of the playoffs. Yeah. But uh, was it Cody Parkey? Cody Parkey. Former Dolphin, former Gator. That's what you get when you have a Gator on your team. My there goodness. You go. A lot of choking. Oh, my God. So bad. <laughs> So what do you think about Trubisky this year? You might as well ask it since you brought him up. I think he'll be good. I, I think the Bears are a team that are going to be you know, right there in the mix in the NFC. Defensively, yeah. they'll be great. If he can become a guy that's 3,800, maybe 4,000 yards, the Bears are going to be really good. Yeah, That's a so, solid group up I, there. I think the Bears may be the only NFL team left that has yet to have a 4,000-yard quarterback. Is that a true stat? In the history 
of the Bears. Shocking wow. It. They We're have not had right a 4,000-yard quarterback. And while he checks that, I saw something on Twitter today that said that the Bears, and you probably know this, the Bears have won the most NFL game or the most games of any NFL team ever. Well, they've been around since the 1600s. Which makes sense. They beat but, the Pilgrims twice. Which is crazy. Hey, they had though. a great offensive line. They did. The they Thanksgiving did. Bowl, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what's wild, though, is the Cardinals have also been around just as long yeah. and are at like the – Toward the bottom of the list, like well, second to last. They, they were wow. the Chicago Cardinals. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, just crazy. I mean, you can be around for a long time that doesn't necessarily equate to success. For example, the Braves are the longest running franchise in baseball, mm-hmm. one championship. So as we see, just because you're around a long time doesn't necessarily mean that you're always going to be very true, good, or you know what have you. Um, we're gonna jump. Well, real quick before we jump to the U. Some more football news. Any Dolphins predictions for this year? Uh, four and twelve. They're yeah. they're, they're not going to be good, but that's what they want. They they said, look, Brian Flores is coming in. We're going to start new. They've got very little talent on the team, and they're going to rebuild. And I, I hope the fan base that fan base won't show up. I, I know that for a fact, but it's a two or three year build for the Dolphins. So, do you agree with? Because um, you guys just recently extended that cornerback who's. A really Xavier good Howard, yeah. He's, I think, he might be a top five corner in the league, but is it worth to give a corner that much money at this point? Or I think you have to. So you got to get to a salary floor anyway. So I don't have a problem with it. Howard's really good, and in two years they'll trade him. Or same thing with Rashad Jones. They may get rid of him somewhere this year. I mean, y'all been trying to get rid of him for like three years now. Yeah, <laughs> and he's still there. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, speaking of where fans will show up, though, Miami is hosting Super Bowl 54. Mm-hmm. You excited for that? Yes. Uh, this is why, uh, open <clears throat> anybody listening out there, I do need to be hired back on radio because I got to be in Radio Row in Miami. I don't need you to put me in a hotel. My mom's got a place down there. there you go. <laughs> if not, I got friends that live right on South Beach. Even if I'm not working in radio, I'm going to get a credential for Super Bowl Radio Row. He'll just sleep in Wynwood. Yes, I'll sleep outside of Hard Rock. I don't care. Now, I will tell you, logistically, it's going to be dreadful. Mm-hmm. Atlanta's great. Everything's right there. If you've ever been to Miami, Hard Rock Stadium is really about 30 minutes from Miami. It's nowhere, It's way, It's way. considered Miami Gardens, but it's way out west. Um, everywhere they're going to put you is probably either Fort Lauderdale, which is 30 minutes from South Beach. Everybody's going to want to be on South Beach, which is 40 minutes from the stadium. Ugh. So logistically, it's going to stink, but uh, it's a week in Miami. So... I'll be there come hell or high water. There you go. Uh, nice. I like that. Uh, and who do we who do we see playing in that game? Uh, the Falcons and somebody. Uh, I have. I would um, love that. I'm the Falcon resident Falcons fan on the show. Go I, I, I got Bears and Chiefs. Bears and Chiefs. Bears and Chiefs. I don't okay. like the Chiefs this year. All the turmoil. I mean, you're talking about Tyreek Hill may or may not play. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to err on the side of not play. You already lost your running back in Kareem Hunt. Can Pat Mahomes be that good again? I, I think so. He's a good QB. I got a funny Pat Mahomes story if we got time. We got yeah, time. Uh, we got time. So, Pat Mahomes, I knew him as a infant. Like, infant, oh, infant. From uh, his, the picture, his, his dad. His dad is from Tyler, Texas. I went to college in Tyler, Texas. I played on a semi-pro basketball team my last two years of college. Who was on the team while he was pitching for the Mets? Pat Mahomes Sr. Oh, wow. So, when Pat would bring – and I didn't know – we just knew him as little Pat. He'd bring his infant <laughs> child to the game. And I never thought anything of it. You know, I was more enamored like, wow, man, we're on a team with a uh, major league pitcher. And he was really cool. Great guy. Could He actually could play basketball really well uh, as well. 
So fast forward, Pat Mahomes Jr. is at Texas Tech. He's throwing for all, yeah, whatever. I think about it. One of my college roommates, my one of the guys I grew up with and played on this, he goes, is that little Pat from Pat Sr.? I go, yeah, <laughs> that's the same kid. He goes, holy crap, this is the guy we played basketball with. So, yeah, I, I've known. Wow. He wouldn't know me from a hole in the wall. His dad <laughs> may know me if I went and talked to him, but it's pretty cool to say I knew him when he was probably pooping on himself at one or two years old, <laughs> and now he's dope. the MVP and of the NFL. now he's pooping yeah. on the league. Now yeah, he's pooping on the rest yeah. of the NFL. Yeah. I was going to make that joke. <laughs> Dang it. And, and if his it. defense wouldn't have pooped on him, he would have won a Super Bowl. Fact. Big fact. <clears throat> and just to check up on previous facts, uh, Nabil, you're right. No 4,000-yard passer. The most is 38-38. Jay Cutler? In 1995 <laughs> nope. by Eric, Eric Kramer. Boom. Wow. Boom. Former Jinx Lion. Nabil. Yep, Eric Kramer. Yep, yep. Very um, nice. The second highest is Jay Cutler in yeah. 2014. But Jay Cutler would have gotten it, but he kept getting hurt. Yeah. That uh, yeah, year, the year where he broke his thumb against the Chargers, he would have right, gotten it. Is there it. hurt or hurt with the question? No, he broke his thumb, bro. Right. Anyway. <laughs> I love, that's my voice. Squeaky voice, Nabil. <laughs> uh, that's my Pat Mahomes impersonation. There you go. <laughs> So stepping back a little bit, uh, real quick, we talk about Miami, the U itself. Mm -hmm. You like the U more than you like the Dolphins, or I like the U more than I like anything in the, on this earth other than my wife and my son. Absolutely. Okay, uh, that's He's and, legally and, obligated to say that. Yeah, and I'll be <laughs> honest, the the two of them, it depends on the day. I, Miami, and there'll be an article I actually write now for a, a website called stateoftheu.com. Just Sweet. something, uh, not a lot of money. It's just. Something to my passion, something I care about. I love Miami more than anything. Yeah, and they may they're making us do articles. Why I became a Miami Hurricane? Oh, um, nice. And it'll be out one day this week. You'll see it on Twitter, and it'll kind of explain what Miami has meant to me. Which it's more than football. Miami saved me from some dark places. Mm -hmm. um, times that you know we were out running the streets doing stupid things. I'd be like, I gotta go because Miami plays Temple, yeah. and I'd go home to watch Miami, and probably save me from a lot of different things. But I love the Canes. I love Manny Diaz. Um, I was not a Mark Rick proponent at all. Uh, mm -hmm. If you looked at my social media at all, you probably <laughs> knew that. Great guy. Phenomenal guy, as a matter of fact. Loved every time I got a chance to talk to him. Mediocre football coach. And at Miami, mediocre doesn't cut it. Yeah. Cool. And the thing about Mark Rick is I always told people, even when Miami had these big leads, you know, in the regular season and in some bowl games, they said they're coached by Mark Rick. I've seen this happen before. I can tell you how this game is going to end before it's over. And sure enough, it was right every single time. I hate to say it, but that's just how it was. So, so I have to ask you a question. Do you go down to Miami for the opening of the season every year? I have season tickets still. Okay. So you need to go. To, have you heard of a brewery called Jay Wakefield? No. Okay. I know you're not a beer guy. <laughs> but as it's my one knowledge of the you that mm -hmm. I can tell you is this, Jay Wakefield every year makes a beer right before um, the start of the season called Chains. Okay. For the turnover chain. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. So it's an IPA. Um, I really recommend you go ahead and try it, not just it, it, to get beer in you. That's what I'm trying to do. Okay. Um, <laughs> but just because it's a turnover chain, it's kind of like one thing you got to do, right? Mm -hmm. so oh, yeah. It's called Chains. Okay. It, it's a black can with the, the chains all over it. I and will bet dollars to donuts that in Orlando, because I'm going to Orlando for our opener against uh, the hated Florida Gators. Uh, I'm, I guarantee somebody will have some of that there. Yeah. So I'll, I'll grab a can. I'll, yeah. And I'll you chug want to bring it. some back for us, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, that's okay. what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, come I'll back grab on. a sixer. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to make you do that. I just want you to drink, but if you don't mind. Oh, I don't mind. Of course. Mind. Oh, all right. Shit, we'd love to have you back <laughs> on. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm bringing beer, why not? <laughs> oh, we'll definitely have you back on there in Miami season. For oh, sure. yeah. Absolutely. And I will say this, and I said this on State of the U, uh, 10 wins minimum 
this year for Miami. Okay. They don't win 10 wins. It's an utter failure. Their schedule is a joke. There's two teams that should be talent-wise equal or better than them, and that's Florida and Florida State. Mm-hmm. Florida State's a train wreck with Willie Taggart. I'm not buying Florida as far as I can throw them. I think Dan Mullen, everything bounced perfect for them a year ago. Mm-hmm. If you look at Felipe Franks when they played quality competition, he stunk. Mm-hmm. Miami's going to be quality defensively. Honestly, I, I think you could run your head into a wall and call a better offensive game than Mark did a year ago. Mm-hmm. Quarterback play is going to be better. Miami will win 10 or 11. They'll play Clemson and get blown out in the ACC title game. Okay, so it's never too early for predictions. Give me your four playoff teams. Nice. All right, it's Clemson and Alabama are given. Yep. Yeah. Boy, that is tough because I, I think Texas is going to win the Big 12. I think they're going to get in. And there's no way the Big, uh, the Big 10 is let out again. I think Michigan slides in. Really? So Michigan, Texas, two of the teams that everybody likes, uh, and then Alabama, Clemson are the given. There's just no way the Big 10 gets left out for a third year in a row. So I think the Big 10 may, and then next year they're going to move to the six teams. Should, I think I think eight. they have to do. I don't think it'll ever be eight, but six makes <laughs> sense just because you give the one into a buy. You know why it's going to be eight? Money. Yeah, yeah. Money talks, bullshit walks. That's true. Well, that's why it's going to go to six for sure. I think collectively we can agree on that. Um, all right, something I'm super excited to talk to you about because I've always wanted to talk to you about this. You're a big wrestling fan. Huge. Same here. So, uh, who's your favorite wrestler of all time? The Rock. It's not even close. Fair you know, he, he played defensive he tackle at the Miami U. Dude. Okay, bad question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I put a Mount Rushmore of my wrestlers, it would be The Rock. It would be Stone Cold. Yes. Um, I love Sting. And it's hard mm. to not say Hulk Hogan. Although he got campy for a while. As a And again, I grew up in that era. Yeah. In the early 80s, Hulk Hogan told you to say your prayers and eat your vitamins. And I was grabbing the Fred, Fred, Fred Flintstone vitamins and saying <laughs> my prayers. Couldn't bench press 50 pounds. But that would be my Mount Rushmore of guys that I loved. Okay, nice. Fair enough. Is there anything you love about in particular? I just I don't know. It was just something growing up. Wrestling was on. And again, this was the infancy of television. But wrestling was Saturday morning. And TBS, if you ever watched the documentary The Rise and Fall of WCW, Mm -hmm. they put wrestling on at 6.05 and had it end at 8.05 so people knew that this was coming on at a certain time. And for me, it was just something I grew up with. And I never tuned out. And when I got to college, and this is to tell you how poor the college I was, uh, we didn't have cable in the room in the mid-'90s. So the only place that there was cable TV was in the lobby. Yeah. We had like a 60-inch, one of those old box TVs. Well, Monday nights was – everybody wanted to watch Monday Night Football. And I went to school right outside of, e, uh, right outside of Dallas. The Cowboys were in their heyday of Jimmy Johnson and Emmett and Michael and, and Troy. Yeah. But our school rule was whoever got the remote first got – so I go eat dinner at 4 o'clock and run and grab the remote while everybody was at dinner so I could watch Monday Nitro. I watched WCW and WWE, and we'd have some arguments. People were pissed. Man, I bet people really didn't like you in college. <laughs> no, because there were so many of the same guys that wanted to watch wrestling. We got tired of watching the Cowboys. Like, dude, you guys are going to win by 20. Yeah. I'll flip back and forth during the commercial. But I just loved it, and now my kids enjoy it. And, you know, luckily working in radio – we get some pretty good tickets from time to time for WWE. So I've got to sit ringside. I was at ringside for Survivor Series a few years ago. So I've actually got one of the folding chairs nice. that says Survivor Series oh, down in my nice. basement. Nice. So I enjoy it. Uh, I, I don't like the product right now of WWE. Mm-hmm. I think it's stale. I think it's boring. I think their storylines suck. If they mm-hmm. hire me, I can write some more realistic storylines. They bury too many good wrestlers yeah. uh, with dumb lines or just – 
you know, just for whatever reason, why is Braun Strowman not your heavyweight champion or yep. fighting for it every week? Yeah. Why did you bury Bray Wyatt for a year and a half or two years and now you're bringing him back? And I think the character ultimately will be great with the fireflies and everything. Why is Roman Reigns doing the same five move? Roman Reigns uh. is a great wrestler. You have him doing the Superman punch, the drive-by, and the spear, and that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They got to let these guys be, Or and I hope AEW with uh, Cody and, uh, God, I'd love to meet Brandy Rhodes. Yes. <laughs> we were this close to having her in studio on our show. Oh man! Oh man! And now we don't have a show, so she's not going to be in studio on our show. <laughs> Knox, who worked with uh, mm-hmm. Knox Bardeen, who you yeah. guys hear, Knox, he either coaches somebody sister that is sisters with Brandy, but long story short, he knows Brandy. Oh, it was nice. like, oh, I can get Brandy in studio. Dude, are you kidding me? <laughs> Brandy's like a 14. Yeah. All respect to Cody. Your wife's gorgeous. I mean, we wanted her in studio. But look, sure. you can always get her on our show and then join her. You know, we can do a group podcast together. Yeah, my you know? wife, yeah. I got crazy Spanish wife. <laughs> love her to death. Uh, nope. <laughs> no, that's totally fair. Fair yeah. enough. Uh, so then <laughs> you left them speechless. That's yeah. never yeah, happened. Right? That's actually not happened on the show yet. Now we, we know what to do. <laughs> Brandy Rhodes is beautiful. I'll give oh, you she's that gorgeous. For sure. And I love Alexa Bliss too. Yep. Meow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm go. not normally into blondes, but uh, Alexa Bliss, Sasha Banks is yeah. She's well, we'll bad. give you some Bollywood girls to check out. Okay. Yeah, we'll send them your way. On, yeah, on gotta have research material. Yeah. <laughs> Preacher Man still puts that up if you follow him on Twitter. He'll, oh, he'll nice. do research material every day. That's nice. dope. I remember one of our yeah. friends. That was like his favorite thing. He would listen to the research material and then send it out to everyone else. <laughs> you know what's crazy? We had, you know, seventy percent of the listeners love that. Because we, it, it was no different than Sports Illustrated's Hot Clicks or all of this other stuff. Yeah. And, boy, we had 30%. You guys are sexist. Nobody wants to hear you talk about hot women. You guys must have fat, ugly wives. Dude, <laughs> we have a 70 to 80% of our audience is guys. Yeah. And it's guys that are working. Yeah. You know, they're in the truck or they're in an office. Every now and then they want to go... Shit, I want to look this up. <laughs> I want to see what she looks like. Are there times that we went too far? Yeah, that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. When you're in the middle of the road, nobody listens to you. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Fair enough. Uh, Is that a segue for the last part of this? I mean, <laughs> how would you segue yourself, I guess? Yeah. Now, you can ask. I'm not just going to bring it up. <laughs> All right, so the last part in question that we've been referring to is, uh, do we want to talk about what happened in 929? Yeah, we can talk about it. Um, honestly, I have nothing bad to say about the station. When 790 The Zone went under four years ago, mm-hmm. there, there were two places that I could have gone to. 680 because the Sports X didn't exist at the time or 92.9. 92.9 reached out to me the day we all got – when 790 closed, they called me. Now, I had a non-compete, which I'm dealing with now. And that's just anybody that – you know, because I had a lot of people on social media, why aren't you working, why aren't you working – Entertainment, we sign a contract. Well, the contract says when you're fired, you can't work typically in like 50 to 100 mile radius of where you were working before. Yeah. And, dep- and that's just that's standard radio and television contract. Right. It's not they were trying to jerk me around or anything. Everybody that's over there has the same thing. Yeah. When I got fired from 790, mind you, the station closed. I sat out of work six months. Yeah. I couldn't work, wasn't allowed to. I have nothing bad to say about 92.9. Like, I legitimately got along with everybody there. Mm-hmm. I still talk to mostly everybody. There's people I don't talk to because, you know, there's certain people you're closer with than the others. Yeah. They gave me an opportunity for three years to do something I absolutely love. And that's talk about sports 
act silly as hell, <laughs> sing. I mean, I can't sing a lick, but we had fun. Y'all were great. The, I listen to y'all almost every day. Y'all the three guys I work with, Paul, Mark, and Rick, I can legit say that's the most fun I've had doing radio. And I loved – I used to work with Steak, Nick, and Chris in the mornings. Mm-hmm. You know how much fun that – and how dis- dysfunctionally fun that was. <laughs> Steak, Nick, and Chris. At, and me as a single man at the time with no kids at, coming in at 6 a.m. Yeah. There'd be nights I'd be out till 5 a.m. and come in and they'd be like, dude. Look, man, I'm here. I'll get the update done. <laughs> Don't ask me for much. But I have no ill will. I will say I was shocked. Um, I thought we did a really good show. I thought we did a really entertaining show. In that business, though, and you're seeing it around the country, people get fired and moved on because corporate wants to. Yeah. And it's not anything that you did wrong. I wish it would have been something. If it would have been something I did wrong, if I had MF somebody or I had called somebody. I would have rather got fired for that than this because it, it did come kind of out of left field. Um, for right now, I'm still sitting out a non-compete. So yeah. until that's over, and I've had offers around the country. Yes. I could move. I'm just not. I got three kids and a wife at home. Mm-hmm. Um, housing, uh, you know, I don't know how, how much you guys know about it. Housing is way cheaper here than it is anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> I got a five-bedroom house. I paid $250,000. In Miami, and Miami's one of the places I've talked to people and had some things working. In Miami, $250,000 gets you an efficiency. Uh, <laughs> and it doesn't work for all the kids that I have and, and wife. So I want to stay in Atlanta. Like That's ultimately what I want to do, whether yeah. it's sports, whether it's TV, whether it's you know going back to the Falcons, whatever whatever it may be, I'm open for anything. But you know, I, I don't have ill will. And I know there's a lot of people that misconstrued what I said on social media. Oh, you hate on them. Did I agree with their decision? No, of, of course. course I did. Yeah, yeah. Of course not. You yeah. know, I didn't agree with it at all. I don't hate anybody over there. You know, I, I bust chops with Fricky, and some people took Fricky had a he had a post about calling a truce with the saints and I knew it was tongue in cheek. So my response was tongue in cheek. Well, listeners were, Oh my God, you guys are fighting. You're like Fricky was my real estate agent who sold me my house. Like, I have no problem with Fricky. I, I love all the dudes over there. Mike and Carl. I call them all the time. I've been to Randy's house a bunch. I'm really happy, honestly, for Andy and Randy. Uh, Andy's a hardworking dude, you know, came here with no promise, of anything. Randy came here, you know, as, all right, we're going to try this guy on the radio Yeah, mm-hmm. and to see how far he's come in three or four years. I'm proud of both of them. And I'm really good friends with Randy. They don't live him and his wife, uh, live five minutes from my house, six minutes from nice. my house. So we go there a lot. So things are coming hopefully sooner rather than like, I'm tired of sitting at home. <laughs> um, it gets old real quick. Podcasting is fun, but uh, I like paychecks better than I like actually doing radio. So, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes like, sense. When yeah. you're used to making this much and now all of a sudden nothing's coming in, you know, what do you do? So I'm hoping, you know, knock on wood, that somewhere between now and football season I'm back on somebody's station talking about sports. But on one bright side is you do get to watch the Falcons or the Dolphins on Sundays now, which you probably didn't get to do before. Uh, and I won't as much because I'll still get season credentials for the Falcons. I am a Falcon fan now, and I don't want anybody to get that mistaken. Like when you work with and you travel with somebody, yeah. I was in year one. It was like, all right, this is a cool gig, and I was still looking up at the scoreboard. Damn, what are the Dolphins doing? By year two, it's all right. I'm at practice all the time. Yeah, I've gotten to know a lot of the players. Uh, you know, on either just hey, how you doing, or we talk, or we whatever. And then by year three or four, it's like, 
man, I'm I'm associated with the Falcons. Nobody knew me as a Dolphin fan. They all knew <laughs> me as the sideline reporter for the Falcons. Uh-huh. When I went on Colin Cowherd's show or went on, it was this is the sideline reporter for the Falcons, and I have nothing but respect for that organization. I got to the point where Thomas Dimitrov and I are really cool. Nice. And I didn't That's just awesome. say that on the radio to play radio. Yeah, yeah. Every single game, you'll see Arthur and Thomas and uh, Rich McKay and Brett Jukes and all the guys that were, they always come down on the field with about five minutes left. And they watch the end of the game. And then when the players leave the field, they're out there hug. Thomas, every game would walk over and talk to me. Every single game. Nice. And it would. It didn't always have to be a lot. It would be, hey, what'd you think of this? Or, hey, I bet you nobody's going to talk trash about number 11 tomorrow. Yeah. All right. Or, hey, you know, we're back in the mix. Or he'd ask me, hey, what's going on in this game? You know, I haven't had a chance to see. Where are we at? And I know you guys want to ask. The coolest moment ever, and outside of, you know, working the Super Bowl is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I, cr- I cried at the end of that game. And, I, and Rodney Ho had the article. I was on my knees. Tears pouring down my face and had to do the post-game show. It's the worst show I've ever done in my life. My goodness. Poor Mike Conti is up there, and Mike's the consummate professional. Well, we'll be back in the Falcons, and I'm going, oh, this sucks. <laughs> Mike was like, you okay? No, I'm not okay. Yeah. We had a Super Bowl ring. Coolest moment, though, I can think of outside of, you know, Arch and I are really good friends. And here in Arch with two minutes left, when they were beating Green Bay and Arch going, dude, we're going to the Super And I could hear he had tears in his eyes. Yeah. And he'll never admit Arch is the manliest man you'll ever meet. <laughs> and he comes down on the field. Him and Bo come and hug me and Wes, and it's great. But I rewind that season. We were coming back from, I want to say, Tampa. They had won late in the season. The Falcons had beaten somebody late in the As a matter of fact, it was Carolina. And it was right around Christmas. So we're mm-hmm. coming back from Carolina. And at the time, we're at the three seed. And we're like, damn, we need Seattle to lose to get home field in that first game and not have to in the, not have to play in the wild card game and not have to go to Seattle. Well, on the plane, the Seattle game wasn't on. Oh. So Wes has pulled up on his phone. He's got the game on like ESPN. Either he's listening to it or whatever. And Wes is giving the plane play-by-play of the Seattle-Arizona <laughs> game oh, wow. as we're flying back from Carolina. And Rich McKay's huddled around him, and DQ's, and like the whole team is huddled around West Durham, hearing him. And long story short, Arizona wins the game mm-hmm. and beats Seattle. So, and everybody's like, "We're in the two spot, Bob. We're gonna because I think they played New Orleans the last week. We're gonna blow out whoever it is, or we may have played Tampa the last week. We're gonna blow them out. We're gonna have the two seed." And that's what ultimately sets up, instead of going to Seattle in the second round, you play Seattle here. Yeah. Instead of having to be on the road in Green Bay or wherever, you get Green Bay at home, yeah, and you yeah. ultimately go to the Super Bowl. And those are moments that, working there, and if I don't ever get a chance to do that again, I'll have eight years of memories of that. And that was, you know, and then landing for the Super Bowl, and it's like, holy shit, we're at the fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys are sports fans. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've been a sports fan since I, I, you know, I could walk. And I'm, I'm standing looking around going, and there's guys with machine guns outside the hotel because it's that big. And it's like, holy shit, we're at the Super Bowl. <laughs> and it's your team, right? The and Super it's my Bowl, team. Yeah. Right. Because being here for the Super Bowl last year in Atlanta went to do all the fun stuff that they had. And that was super cool because it's like, wow, it's really happening here. Yeah. But to watch Atlanta, I mean, I'm I'm emotional just thinking about it. But, man, that was a great week, two weeks. That week of Radio Row, I probably did 100 interviews for other places. Mm-hmm. And it was that Monday, Preacher Man had never been to Radio Row. And he was like, what do you expect? And I said, dude, Mondays are kind of slow. By Wednesday, it really gets ramped yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. 
We got off the air and I said, dude, I need you to walk with me and get me off of other states. Because I had like 14 interviews afterwards. So I'm literally just going place to place as if I was playing in the game. (laughs) And that drive over, and I get emotional thinking about it. I'm on the bus looking around and I'm trying not to shed tears of happiness. And wife's texting me and everybody's like, dude, you're going to the Super Bowl. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm going to the fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> and you walk out on the field and you realize how big this is. Look, we Man, watch it on TV I'm and it's like chills down my yeah. spine. You know, you watch it on TV it. and it's like, okay, it's the Super Bowl and we all throw our parties and yeah, we're at home. Yeah. To walk on that field and media, you know, there's normally a couple hundred media members on the field for a regular game. Sunday night games might be another hundred. Monday night games are the same. You could not move on the sideline. Oh, my God. And I literally would have to tell them, okay, I have reception here, and if you're going to come to me, come to me now, because if not, I'm going to walk, because I always walked with the play. Wherever the play was, I tried to line up on the line of scrimmage. But it was just, it was one of those moments I'll never forget. And that's why I say, you know, people, are you pissed at 92.9? No, because if I'm not working for 92.9, I don't get to experience any of this. So it it was really cool. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a great story. Thank you for sharing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then you were at the Super Bowl this year too, yeah. I didn't go to the game this year. Okay, okay. Um, just Radio Row. Yeah, I got to go to Radio Row, which was awesome. Um, got to interview Michael Irvin, who is my all-time favorite football player of all time. I bet that's my dude. I still wear number forty-seven as a mid-forty-year-old because that's the number he wore in college. Yeah. And Mike was my guy, so I got to interview him. I become really cool with Warren Sapp because of Radio Row. Yeah. Um, getting to interview Charlotte Flair. <laughs> Which uh, I tried to hook up one of our promotion our promotions director Mike McKenzie is a huge wrestling fan yeah and Mike was like dude when Charlotte's there I want to meet her so un- I don't say unfortunately uh, she came with Special Olympics which was cool we're interviewing the special uh, the the Special Olympian and it was awesome but I'm like I gotta talk to Charlotte about trying to hook her up with Mike yeah. <laughs> and Mike's standing there and he's nervous and he's texting he's doing whatever so I look at Charlotte I said look before we let you go are you single. She, she kind of looks around and goes, who's asking? I said, oh. I said not me. I, I'm a happily married man. Um, you're a beautiful woman, but not me. Yeah. And she goes, well, who's asking? I said, the guy right there to your left, he's our promotions director. He's a huge wrestling fan. He just wants to take you out. And she goes, let him know I'm single. Nice. All right. So the door's open. And yeah. what does Big Hugh say all the time? Shoot your shot. Yeah. Right. And Mike didn't shoot a shot. Oh. Oh, he man. fumbled and walked away, and Charlotte left, and that was oh. it. Yeah. I mean, with a beautiful girl like that, beautiful woman like that. It's, right. Yeah, it's hard to keep your. And she's Ric Flair's daughter. I mean, right. come on. Right, on top of everything. Right. <laughs> uh, very cool. Is there anything else, any other questions y'all have that didn't get asked? No, no, I think, think I'm. Anything else, wanna, anything else you want to share? Uh, for anybody, you know, again, if you guys are listening, first of all, the beers or the cider is fantastic. I'm going to have to take this one home with me. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Check me out, John Michaels 929. That pretty simple. That's where I'm at right now. People have asked, why haven't I changed 929? I have a verified Twitter account, and Twitter doesn't give out verifications anymore. Okay. Mm. So if I change my Twitter name, I lose my verification. Oh, so makes sense. Okay. When I land somewhere else, I will change it because if I'm back in radio, you know, if I'm working for Q100, they're not going to want another radio station's call numbers of course. Yeah, on yeah. there or whatever. Uh, so I will change it then. But always hit me up there. Um, you know, I may look like a crazy person. I'm as laid back and cool as you can be. Don't talk about my kids. Don't talk about my wife. You talk bad about the Canes, we're going to argue. Other than that, or don't talk about Matt Ryan because I will punch. Matt Ryan's a Hall of Famer. Matt Ryan's the best thing that's ever happened to this city. And people need to get over the fact that we lost a 28-3 lead. It wasn't Matt's fault. Not at all. <laughs> 
I would sing the song, but uh, I can't do it. I don't have the beat. <laughs> uh, I like songs. Good. And yeah. just for our listeners, we'll also tag him on this post, and we'll tag him on our page so you know who to follow. And you definitely, know, you should oh, definitely yeah. follow because it's a great page to follow. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> thank you. Well, Nabil, what's our handles and stuff? Uh, at Bears, Birds, and Brews, and, and on Instagram at Bears, Birds, and Brews. There you go. That's Boom. a tongue twister. Bears, Birds, and Brews. Yeah, that's too much for that's me. Too much. <laughs> uh, the alliteration. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyway, like thank you fun. for your time. We right. anytime, guys. It. Thanks, man. And uh, yeah. And we look time. forward to having you on again with those beers. Yeah. With, oh yeah. With or without beers. the beers. Chains. I mean, you know. We'll follow up on these on. predictions too. Yeah. So we'll definitely have you back. Now definitely. I may change my college football prediction somewhere along the line, but that's that's surface value July. Hey, that's fair enough. Well, it's not even July. Fair enough. We won't Close hold enough. it against you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time.